So Javon Finlater, uh, I'm from, uh, I was born and raised in Jamaica, uh, White River uh, near Otrios. Okay. Uh, was where I grew up. I uh, came to Canada when I was five years old. You're the only Javon I've met. Really? Okay. Yeah. Good. So <laughs> does, it, does it mean anything or where does it came from? Like who named you type thing? Yeah, so it's funny. Um, my name actually is um, a half of my mom and half of my father. So okay. uh, my mom's name is Jacqueline and my dad's name is Devon. So it's really literally just a combination of your mom and your dad's name. Is that you? Are you like half your mom and half your dad in terms of personality, style, everything? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 tough. So I grew up with my mom predominantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say, yeah, definitely a lot of similarities there. I'm not sure how much bleeds over into kind of like that 50-50 split. Right. Um, but I'd say like there's a uniqueness to it that I think usually when I, you know, apply for jobs or send my name forward, people are like, what do I expect with Javon? Is it Javon? Is it French? Like I get it all different types of things. When I show up, it's always a different expectation. So I think it's kind of cool that it masks kind of my identity. Right. Um, but usually people are like, okay, this is a unique name. It's, yeah, it's yeah, memorable, yeah. right? 100%. So, yeah. Are, are you an entrepreneur or are you an employee? Because I see... You're in two worlds right now, Yeah, but I don't want to answer for you. Uh, I would say I'm the hybrid of those. I'm an intrapreneur. So um, I like the idea of taking lead, owning something end-to-end, and building um, something that's tangible that provides value. Um, And I like doing that within the confines of a corporation. Good morning, good day, or good evening, and welcome to 54 Lights. My name is Kendwani Mwase, and today's episode is part two of The President's Club. In part one, I had the pleasure of introducing 54 Lights listeners to Merrill Africa, the current president of the CAUFP, or Canadian Association of Urban Professionals. The organization is designed to provide support and training for urban professionals throughout Toronto. Today, I have the pleasure of a conversation with the former president of the organization, Javon Feinleiter. As you'll hear, Javon is a very charismatic personality, thoughtful, driven, and stoically composed. He's a great example for the community, of the community. So, let's have some fun. Here, in part, is our conversation. Quick question. So, you were born and raised in Jamaica then? Uh, born uh, until five. Okay. Uh, I moved to Canada and pretty much grew up here. So, I lived in and around the city. Um, went to high school in Markham and then came back downtown for university. Okay. So I'd probably say I'm more Canadian than Jamaican now, but obviously my heritage and my roots still run deep. How closely tied are you to those roots? 
I guess as I grow up, um, I start to feel more of a connection to kind of my roots. Um, I would say probably up until I was maybe 12 or 14, I'd go back to Jamaica once every two years, give or take. Um, so even though I have like these strong memories of growing up in Jamaica, I never actually lived there. But I do remember very fond moments of, you know, my friends, my family, my house, different things like that. And then I went through a period probably when I first started traveling uh, from 18 onwards um, that I never went back to Jamaica. Because I always said when I want to travel the world, I want to see other parts of the world, new places. New places. And then going back to Jamaica, I always felt like I was seeing the same things. So I went 13 years without going back once. I had a chance to go back to my you know, old home, my old community, talk to people, learn more about me. Yeah. So I think that connection is definitely more um, deeply rooted now. But then the biggest opportunity is I still have a property there uh, through my family that's undeveloped. Um, it's dilapidated right now, abandoned. Um, but I think there's a great opportunity. I want to invest back in that community. So I'm working on a plan right now to actually bring some dollars back to the country and then, you know, provide employment for those in that area. In that so area. that's amazing. Yeah, definitely. You are very tight then. Definitely. Yeah. Trying to make more of an impact now and, you know, pay for the blessings that I've got since I've left. So what do you consider to be your profession? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's funny. I ask myself this all the time. Um, how do I define myself? What do I do for work? Yeah. I think I have all these passion projects. Yeah. I have a large you know, interest in entrepreneurship. So I have a side business called Lime Carnival. We do hydration backpacks, um, usually themed around music festivals and carnival season. Community uh, leader. So being a part of CAUFP, um, leading that organization for two years and still being a part of it now. There's all these different things. Real estate is also something that's of interest as well, too. So, you know, dabbling in the investment market, um, you know, being a responsible landlord <laughs> is something that I've recently added to the list as well, too. Um, so I think it's for me, it's just all about what can cater to my interest. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any one specific thing I love doing, and I find a lot of reasons to love many things. My biggest challenge is finding the capacity and time, say, time <laughs> to, to focus on all of them, right? <laughs> and that's the, the, the quintessential question for an entrepreneur, right? Exactly. Sure. Yeah. Um, if I can hone in on your time and your uh, your involvement in the CAM, CAUFP, mm-hmm. what led you there? Yeah, so... Funny enough, um, when I was working in the bank as a teller, um, I'd met somebody who said, you know, there's a great organization for black professionals. Think you might be interested in this. So this was when I was very early on in my career, probably my second year in the bank. I've been in the bank now for just over 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, sure, I got nothing to lose. So showed up, um, went to the first meeting. They hold meetings on a monthly basis where they have keynote speakers come in. And when I walked into the room, immediately was blown away by A, seeing that many black professionals um, but then also being inspired by the conversation that we were having, right? These guys were all, you know, CFA, MBA focused, you know, senior leaders within your organizations they were at. And I said, well, I need to tap into that. So when I had left, um, a mentor of mine actually suggested that, why don't I get involved in the organization um, and find ways to give back? Because not only are you getting personal development, but you're also getting skills that you can use in your day job. So I took the opportunity, I joined a committee, uh, took over the committee in my first year. Um, it was around financial literacy, so we built an in-house curriculum. That kind of uh, allowed me to understand you know, what my skill sets were, how to motivate folks that weren't getting paid, um, all those different aspects. Uh, and then uh, probably, I mean, you know, three years later, I looked back and I said, well, there's obviously another chapter that I need to take. And I was approached by a past president to say, do you want to take over the organization? Um, so sure enough, I mean, I was scared. I was going to say, that, <laughs> that sounds intimidating, but you're, uh, 
Okay. <laughs> it was uh, it, it was a lot. Um, and at that time, I was just turning 29, yeah. I want to say. Um, so I was the youngest president in the organization's history. I was going to say, when I look at the, uh, I've been on the website a few times, and I'm trying to look for, I'm trying to date people's age just by look on the profile. Mm-hmm. And you by, seem to be by far the youngest one. Mm-hmm. So that, that must have been a lot of pressure, but a lot of um, uh, a good sense of accomplishment. Yeah, I think uh, definitely. I mean, that was a part of kind of the challenge I had was how do I wrap my head around being the youngest person in the room, but not only in the room, but leading everybody there. Um, so, you know, I question, am I, you know, more, am I smart enough to do this? Do I have the right skills? Do I have the right experiences? Will people even follow somebody that's younger than them? So that was probably a role that really stretched me and gave me comfort in my day job because (laughs) in most of the board meetings that I walk into, I'm also the youngest person in the room. So there's a lot of parallels between what I did in the community group versus what I do on a day-to-day. And really just instill confidence that, I mean, age is just a number. Um, I think you always lead in with treat people with respect and then the rest follows. Um, So that's something that I've always lived by. Um, And I think I've been able to understand that, you know, trust your decisions and trust that you are the right fit for certain things. Okay. Um, but, it, it, you know, the board was forthcoming. They were willing to work with me. Uh, I thought I had a great group of leaders in the room. And then fast forward that to my day job where, you know, I was promoted into a role where I was probably the youngest on the team by about 10 years. Um, so very similar circumstance. The only difference now is obviously I control, you know, performance ratings and things like that. So folks uh, have no choice but to perform. In a volunteer organization, it's very different because, they don't have to listen to you. I actually found that more challenging uh, in the community group than it was in my day job. But so maybe it trained you to, to sort of, uh, it, it toughened you up, I guess, chiseled, chiseled <laughs> your abilities to come in here. And, and then, exactly. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm curious, um, the, the entrepreneurship, I didn't realize how deep your te- or widespread your tentacles were in the <laughs> entrepreneurship game. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, to, to in, from your perspective, are you, is it, is it like nature versus nurture? Like, are, do you think you are this way? because of the support community that's been around you, especially like, let's say, with the, the urban professionals uh, community? Yeah. Or is it is it something in Javon? And I, I kind of hate the word you're going to say it, but mm-hmm. I'll challenge you on that. So yeah. what do you think? Yeah, I honestly, I mean, I try and people ask that question, like what inspires you or what motivates you? And I feel like I just have inherently like this innate want or need to want to be successful and I think a part of that is around the whole you know being you know a leader within the community somebody that people can look up to when I was uh, in CAUFP every president has to come in with a mandate um, and kind of a catchphrase and my phrase for that year was achieving excellence through inspiration and I think that actually you know very much embodies kind of how I think about life so I see myself as you know you have a destiny and you're given a certain amount of opportunities you know you're putting yourself at a detriment if you do not fulfill your own destiny. So I feel like it's kind of written for me. I kind of have to walk into that path that opportunities are provided for a reason. And if I don't do them, then, you know, there's a lack of, I'm not fulfilling my, you know, maximum potential. So because of that, I, I just think I look for opportunities always to how do I solve problems? How do I continue to stretch? Um, and if I see an, an area that, you know, somebody hasn't taken advantage of and there is space for that that typically I want to move into that Um, but I would definitely say it's probably more innate I don't know where it really comes from Um, I don't come from a long family of you know successful business owners that was my (laughs) next question is in terms of the family and the ecosystem around your sort of nuclear family let's say your traditional Mm -hmm. family 
are are they business people or is there somebody like an uncle a cousin or you know somebody in there that you say hey that's my inspiration yeah i think it's probably having an absence of that which is why i kind of want to fill that void for myself Uh, i didn't really have that growing up Um, i mean my mother's a nurse she's very much you know she went to nursing school she was a nurse for 25 years and she's retiring this year Uh, it was all about get an education get a good job and do your thing Um, aside from that i didn't really have any other influences business was something i never even studied in university Um, i did urban planning and economics so I didn't even discover okay. um, business until after I started working as a teller. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was after I graduated. I think I was going to come out of school making $80,000 a year minimum. You know, great reality. You come out making 30000 and you ask yourself, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think for me, it's just I want to make sure that I can open doors for others. Um, and I think I have a unique ability to kind of galvanize folks. So, I mean, I reflect back a lot on you know my leadership ability and why people enjoy working with me. And I think I do bring something different to the table. And I mean, if you do well in anything, I think you have to continue moving forward. And that's kind of been the path that I'm on. So every year I set aggressive goals. I need to be you know better than I was the year Personal before. Personal goals, yeah. Personal goals. And I use my birthday as a mark for that. So every year I need to be further than I was suppressed. Um, and w- when you're doing, when you're setting those goals, are you the type that's like, I've got to write it down? Or is this just conceptual? Or like, mm-hmm. are you very, I'm, I'm curious as to how the machine of Javon is working. Yeah, I know. Great question. Uh, I think in the bank, they're very focused on career development. So by nature of what I do for work, I have to do things like that. But usually in that scope, you're only sharing what you want to share with your organization, right? So what do I want to be in five years within TD? I'm not talking about, you know, all the crazy things I want to accomplish in my life. Right. So I actually don't do a good enough job probably of writing these things down but i do keep them in mind and i think a lot so i will you know personally say here's where i want to be in the next 12 months um, and i just consistently work towards that the objectives and goals usually are big enough that you know i I can only accomplish two or three things a year anyway Um, so i don't think i need to write these things down but definitely i have lots of conversations um, and i keep it kind of in the back of my mind Uh, and then for me it's just i look at that date every year october 13th Right, I'm moving towards that. What am I doing this year that I didn't do from last year? Um, unfortunately, I mean, year over year seems to be going in the right direction. Yeah. So as long as I keep on that path, then I mean, success is just is limitless, right? The different businesses that you that you run, the different organizations that you've been involved in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the easy question is when do you sleep? But the other question is, <laughs> like, when is when is the downtime for you? Yeah. Or, do, or or is there downtime? Yeah, I think. I'm starting to fall victim to some of that now uh, because I realized for me to grow any one thing, you need to dig it a significant amount of time. And by the fact that I'm doing four or five things at once means that I'm probably not doing any one thing really great. Um, So I'm trying to find that balance between what's a priority versus what's more of a hobby. Um, So obviously getting paid and paying my mortgage is number one. So definitely put that first and that takes up a lot of my time. So then it's just dividing the time that I have after work to you know meet whatever i'm you know most interested in at that moment um but i have a very i like to think a good personal life like work-life balance i mean i do a lot of social activities i'm out all the time the one thing i would say that's catching up to me though is like the sense of anxiety because i actually feel guilty if i give myself an hour of downtime i always feel like that hour could be better used for something else and then i'm never truly relaxed so I'm starting to feel it. You know, hair starting to fall off the top of my head. <laughs> so <laughs> those are the pieces, right? Uh, I mean, my wife will say all the time, she's like, just relax. Like, take a day and just do your thing. And I'm like, I can't. There's so many things I need to do. So 
Yeah, it's a cycle. In my mind, there's a battle between an entrepreneur who is sort of like, entrepreneurs are inherently leaders and they're pulling away, doing their thing mm -hmm. in, in a very layman's term. You seem to, however, be thinking about community. You know, you, one of the organizations you led is a community-based organization. Mm -hmm. You're talking to me about, you know, reinvesting back home, not to be, uh, to enrich yourself through your property, but so you can create jobs. Like, that's a different angle. Mm -hmm. um, talk to me about that. Why, why that? Why community? I just think it's a lack of that in the black community. I think people don't do enough uh, of a, a job investing back in and giving opportunities to their own. I mean, you look at a lot of other groups. So um, you look at the Chinese community, the Indian community, they all keep that dollar within their circle. Uh, they invest in their businesses, they support one another. I find the black community doesn't typically always do that. Um, and then, I mean, I've worked with a lot of black businesses and you have the good and you have the bad, um, but I just don't think we shed enough light on the good. Um, so like even with the business I have, Lime Carnival, part of that came from me because I said, how do I work with the Caribbean community? Um, and majority of my focus is around Caravan in Toronto every year, um, as well as some of the carnivals that happen. And that's entirely that, right? So I'm working with, you know, West Indian individuals or black folks. Um, we're, you know, working on business opportunities together. The dollars that I make are going back into that community. Um, so I thought that was kind of the avenue that I wanted to lay into. Um, really, it's just I think I don't see enough of that. Yeah. And as you think about generational wealth and moving forward, I mean, I want to see, you know, my black brothers and sisters move forward at the same pace. Like, I just don't know why, you know, you don't see, you know, us driving in Benzes and Beamers yeah. on the yeah, streets yeah, well, the way that we should, us, right? right? Like, why not us? Yeah, 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 for sure. So if I can contribute to the advancement, um, to me, that's a bigger success than just, you know, individual wealth. I think I can enjoy my money, but if I can't, I'm not enjoying it with the people around me, then what value is that? Soccer, mentioned snowboarding, pick one. Basketball. Basketball. Yeah. Um, we are in Toronto, but I've got to ask you this question. Kawhi, <laughs> LeBron, or um, If you could sit down with anybody, uh, living or dead, have a coffee, mm -hmm. who would it be? Big lover of Bob. Love Bob Marley. Um, just what he stood for at the time that he was blowing up, uh, the way he was level-headed and never let the fame get to him or change his perspectives on life, uh, he would be somebody I'd love to have a conversation with. You've got two seconds with Bob Marley. got to ask, you've got, you're in an elevator, you see him. Mm -hmm. got to ask him one question. What's the one question you ask? What was the one thing you wish you could have done if you had the time? years there's going to be a movie about your life mm -hmm. who plays you in the movie <laughs> oh man that's a good one uh i feel like there's all these up-and-coming actors now and i'm horrible with actor names <laughs> so um, am i by the way so if you <laughs> might throw something out i'll be like wow i have no idea but yeah like i feel like so will smith has always been one of my favorite actors i don't know if he can come back and play me yeah um, but i would say him or I mean I'm a big fan of Michael uh, Michael B. Jordan as I well was too. Going, I was going there for, <laughs> for you. But it's funny that you mentioned it too. When you're on vacation or when you're relaxing, your inclination is to go to the spa or go to the gym. What about the bar? <laughs> ah, you're bleeding into my next question. Perfect. Um, scotch, beer, wine, 
Uh, I would say scotch, typically. Uh, bourbon more recently. Yeah, so I mean, across all channels, uh, Lime Carnival, so at Lime Carnival um, is where you'll find me for that. So there you have it. The conversation continues. I'd like to thank my guest for their participation and candor. Audio for this episode was mixed with the support of our producer, John Kitt, and partly recorded at Corner Studios in Toronto. Music for this episode was composed, played, and enjoyed, with permission, by Andrew. Remember to find us wherever you do your listening. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen, like, share. Until we meet again. Thanks for listening.